You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. Today, rather than formally uh, introducing you to, to guests uh, that, as I normally would, I, I think it's more fitting. It's more fitting for me to simply introduce them today as co-hosts for a particular topic. Uh, and that topic will start with the broad question of uh, what is feminism? What does it mean in 2021? And that will likely carry us to other arenas. Like, uh, do women make better world leaders than men? There's certainly some evidence uh, to that now, and we may have enough data uh, these days to examine that. Um, so this isn't intended to be an interview as much as uh, I hope it to be a discussion, a roundtable of two additional viewpoints that I trust and respect. With that, no stranger to the program is Rob Crotline. He was uh, previously on the show to wax poetic about his love for political violence and how we should all be ready with our muskets to storm the Capitol if need be. Welcome, Rob. Greetings. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, you, you don't want to. Do, did I characterize you uh, adequately there? Uh, you know, uh, if there's anything that I have learned from uh, pop culture and media, it's uh, if you feel the need to deny something or, you know, fight an accusation, then you're basically just acknowledging it, admitting it. And so I'll roll with it. There you go. Well, well said. Uh, I was hoping to get a bigger rise out of you there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, my other co-host is Kareth Cashin-Wordy. She is a prolific Facebook author, uh, a mother of uh, two, mother two or three. Three, mother of three, um, a passionate soul, and someone who crafts very persuasive viewpoints on a variety of topics, hence me asking her to do this. Thanks for being here, Kareth. Thanks. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's nice to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited about talking about this. Good. Um, all right, let me uh, first address the maybe ironic elephant in the room. I have assembled two men and just one woman to discuss the topic of feminism. Um, so this actually launches us into the first discussion. You see, I tried. I approached three different women who have quite prominent social media voices on certain political topics. I, I tried to get us a uh, social media celebrity, so to speak. They have, uh, they have loud voices on topics like Black Lives Matter increasing the federal minimum wage, climate control, all three taking what would generally be called left-wing positions on those topics. So I presumed they would be delighted to come on the program to discuss feminism or the Me Too movement. Get this, while all three were perfectly willing to discuss the other topics I just mentioned, they all three de declined to discuss this topic. So, Kareth, you're on your own. I'm sorry. Uh, but let's start there. Why do you think they declined? the diversity between women and because there's such opposing views of what feminism is, how many degrees there are, um, what a woman classifies as feminism, 
um, I think it makes it really hard for anybody to try to have a discussion about it. A lot of women end up getting um, judged, shot down, manslained to, hmm. which yeah. <laughs> when you're being talked down to by another woman about feminism and, and, hearing, and having them tell you you're wrong and why you're wrong, um, it's very intimidating. Well, Rob, um, I don't mean to cut you off there, but Rob, do you have uh, do you have a, a thought or opinion on why they might have declined that particular invitation? Well, let me just, you know, first, let me explain what Kareth just said and then get into why she's wrong. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. By the way. Um, she really fed me that uh, there. Uh, actually, I, I think she's dead on. Um, I think that the biggest barrier to this discussion, at least when I talk about these issues, is uh, the definitional issue is, you know, there's probably a thousand different definitions of feminism out there. And, uh, you know, I think old school feminism that sort of started as a, um, you know, maybe a gripe about access and opportunity, um, you know, was something that a lot of people could get on board with. And, you know, even men, I think, uh, when you're talking about equality of opportunity, you get a lot of people on board. Um, I think maybe as we've kind of progressed through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and into the 21st century, um, at least what I, what I hear and what I've been reading uh, is that we've progressed from that access and opportunity to sort of a demand for equality of outcome. And, you know, equality of outcome and equality of opportunity are extremely different things, radically different things. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of women that are probably uncomfortable, um, you know, with being lumped in with, uh, you know, leftist feminism that is sort of, you know, uh, hmm. almost blatantly, you know, outwardly uh, a... Uh, an attack on masculinity. I'll read you something that another social media influencer saw fit to post this the other day. I'll read it to you and then I'll let you guys respond. She said, trigger warning. I am not your feminist. Make men, men again. Just got off the phone and needed to vent about this topic for a second. I don't think enough people see it. Men have been emasculated in our culture. No, being assertive isn't toxic. It's what real men should do. Take charge and be a positive example for others. Allow women to feel safe so we can feel comfortable to open up and share our feminine gifts with the world. The feminist movement is compromised. It's no longer about creating equality for women. It's pushing gender sameness, which actually hurts women. It's about destroying men so that women quickly follow. It's about demoralizing a nation. You break men, you break women. It happens in that order, and there's nothing discriminatory about it. We are simply a product of nature. You, you ever notice the happy? I'm reading here from her quote. Hang on. Uh, you ever notice the happier marriages are usually ones that still have traditional gender roles? I love meeting guys who think they'll impress me with their latest news on women's rights and how progressive they are. Pass. 
I'd much rather find a guy who can change my tires, chop my wood, and be grounded in the face of my unpredictable womanly chaos any day. So that's the, that's the <laughs> quote. So this is the issue I have. Um, and I, I'll, I'll say it, you know, on this program, um, because I, l- let me be clear first that I, I am very much a pro, uh, equal opportunity, equal, right. I want women to get paid the same. Uh, you know, I, um, <laughs> I'm not, uh, anti-feminist in any way, but here's the issue I have as a man. Uh, my biggest frustration, I guess I should say, I literally hear one side saying, where have all the real men gone? And at the same time, I hear the other side saying, hey, don't flirt with me. Don't touch me. Don't call or text me unless I give you permission to do so first. So men freeze these days because they fear a sexual harassment charge or being canceled by culture. Uh, You know, what do we do, Kareth? What do we do? (laughs) I'm just one woman and a sea of them. But I think it has a lot to do with generational rather than maybe um, male, female, and what, you know, all feminist thinks. I think it's a generational thing. What my daughter, you know, what my child might uh, feel is different than the way I think. Um, I do like initiative. I, you know, I do want somebody to step up or a guy, um, if you're talking, you know, heterosexual relationship. Yes. Um, but the, pro- the problem is, I am going to cut you cut in right here Uh, and i want you to finish your thought but the but the problem is with that and i respect that that you like a man taking initiative and i grew up in a culture and environment i mean thank goodness i'm married now i wouldn't want to be in the dating pool these days honestly um but i grew up at a time where you know yeah that was my role to kind of uh, i don't say be aggressive but be assertive and take the initiative right but and, I, and I'm glad that there are still women out there like yourself that are receptive to that. However, due to the fact that of the existence of the other women who are strictly opposed to that assertion of masculinity, you know, I don't know who's on which side. So I have to play the safe side. And I can't, you know, again, I'm glad I'm not dating anymore. But, you know, if I were, I, I'd had to, you know, abandon all of my traditional approaches because I don't know who is a feminazi to use a a non-PC term or who is a more traditionalist like yourself? In my opinion, I think most people that you're going to find that are on that um, more uber left side of feminism are going to be younger. Most of the time, I don't know though. I don't know what kids are doing these days. I do know that men are scared in general um, (laughs) to talk to women. Every guy I talk to, they're scared. To talk to women um and the the fact is is it's there's nothing wrong with talking to women just don't be a dick don't come <laughs> and know? don't send dick pics by the way. yes please don't <laughs> send me your junk i don't want to see it you just have I feel to attacked. talk to a <laughs> you just have to talk to somebody like a human being and i think there's always been this pressure because men get nervous in general around women right <laughs> It's never nervous. Well, it's nervous and it's scary to be rejected. It totally Mm. is. And so that whole. Actually, women don't take rejection very well because they're not used to it. Um, And it's been it's been interesting in my past when, you know, 
because you know I've been rejected plenty. As gorgeous as I am, and as and as uh, eloquent as I am with my uh, my words, uh, I somehow some women have found it uh, okay to turn me down. So my point is, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> I have, I you know. So you as a man, you get used to it after a while, but then. Wow, you ever turn a woman down, like a an attractive woman who's never been turned down before? Wow, hell hath no fury. I have seen some women, and I'm like, have you never been turned down before? This is life. I think you make a big, a huge point there. We act like it's not a big deal to turn men down or reject, and it's almost like um, a power play. But yeah, oh God, it rips your heart out to get rejected, and so. I think it's such a, men are always awkward to begin with most guys, unless if they're too smooth coming on to you, I don't trust you automatically. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I can't, I don't like, see how car salesmen, you know, ever <laughs> get a date because they, they're just slimy. I, so I just, I just I lost my car salesman demographic, but uh, <laughs> well um, yeah, that's interesting. You're talking about ripping your heart out. I think that's why Rob Crotline just doesn't have a heart. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't have a heart because um, I speak what I believe to be the truth. And, you know, um, typically my truth is based in statistics and data and, you know, uh, real world observations, which uh, those things are kind of uh, unfavored these days <laughs> over, you know, in, in lieu of feelings. Um, you know, but you, there was something interesting I noticed in that in that quote that I, I really think kind of hits the nail on the head here that, you know, so many things are counterintuitively um, good for women and that we have so many things that are counterintuitively bad for women uh, on the flip side of that. And, uh, you know, if so. It, uh, Kareth and I were actually talking about this before uh, before we started the podcast about uh, some of the traditional um, traits of ma of masculinity that they provoke fear um, in people and, and and one of the things we talked about was kid you know young boys one of the things because uh, we we both uh, have uh, you know boys and we talked about you know that uh, what the best thing you can do for a boy to develop these masculine traits that we're talking about is to make them feel powerful um, and formidable because that's, you know, that's what they're hardwired um, to want to be. Um, and at, at heart, if that's done effectively and, and in, in a real way, it's a protective thing for women. Um, but you have all of these ideas out there uh, and these are false ideas. I mean, incredibly false, uh, damaging ideas that that powerful men are harmful to women. Um, but this idea has, I think, morphed into that masculinity is dangerous and that it's something that's used to subjugate women. Um, you know, all of the things that the modern uh, sort of the, the neo radical feminist thought put out there to that, that they claim is beneficial to women are actually harmful, um, to women, you know, when you actually kind of get and dig into the, the nitty gritty of it. 
Um, and, and this, you know, that's just one of those things. And I, that quote that, you know, that you mentioned, uh, it seemed like she had kind of tapped into that. I'm, I'm really impressed. It's a confusing time we live in. And uh, um, yeah, there was a famous uh, study done back um, and, and Mark, you may know about this, um, having been a DA, but I think it was Rhode Island. DA is that, dis- district attorney, not dumbass, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> potato potato um but uh i think it was rhode island um there was a state uh in america that uh they accidentally um kind of funny story actually they accidentally legalized prostitution in 2003 um and they didn't ac- fix it they didn't accidentally legalize it, it. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's yeah i mean maybe it's like accidentally when you know, somebody uh one of the uh legislators there you know but th- they basically i think they repealed a law thinking that it was an old you know anachronism and, and it actually was the you know enabling statute for prostitution um but they didn't fix it for six years and uh so that basically they had legalized prostitution for you know enough years that they got some good data on this um and uh, somewhat surprisingly to a lot of people and, and, and uncomfortably for the people that kind of believe Susan Brownmiller, um, there was a very significant drop in uh, rapes in the six years that prostitution was sort of legalized and normalized uh, and, and, and open to a more mainstream, um, you know, crowd. OK, mm. uh, piggybacking on that. Piggybacking on that. That's all right. But I I do want to hit this topic while uh, since Rob brought it up, I didn't this wasn't one in my notes, but I think it's a fascinating one in this context of feminism in 2021. Uh, Should prostitution be legalized and regulated? Of course, Um, is that with that? Is that a pro for the feminist movement or is that totally objectifying women and and against the feminist movement? Is it a good or bad thing? Should prostitution be legal? Kareth? I am of the belief that uh, something I might not do doesn't mean I'm against somebody else doing. Well, um, right. I mean, I think I don't, I don't I, do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't smoke marijuana. Uh, I mean, I have in the past, but even if I were in America in a state where it's legalized, it don't do it for me. It doesn't, you know, I get the paranoia, but I'm in favor of it being legalized. Um, yeah. So. And to me, um, sex work is work. Um, and the fact is I would feel a lot better if it was legalized and there were laws helping these women out and, uh, they were protected. They're less likely to be afraid of reporting sexual violence and all sorts of things. Do you see what I'm saying? If they're worried that they're going to get in trouble for sex work, then they're less likely to report violent sexual crimes of course where 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 it is committed like in nevada or in the netherlands uh it is heavily regulated and uh Mm -hmm. um you know sex workers have to get uh tested uh Mm -hmm. periodically uh there are you know there are lots of uh safeguards against any kind of violent behavior in in those Mm -hmm. in those well-regulated uh places um so yeah, it would. It's something that would certainly have to be regulated, but that through regulation, it actually could might become a safe um, business. Yeah. It would be a safe business for a lot yeah. of girls, and I actually um, often wonder about how much sex trafficking might be um, 
reduced, you know, diminished and reduced because of, you know, Rob. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you probably know, uh, you know, my feelings on this. Um, uh, you know, when I was uh, a practicing lawyer, I had actually considered challenging, um, if, if I had a good, you know, prostitution conviction, I'd actually considered challenging and under, under row. Um, if, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if a woman is, has the right of privacy to choose what to do with her body, then why, why is prostitution illegal? Um, it, it seems like, uh, you know, that that's kind of a no brainer. Um, you know, but I, I do have to wonder, you know, is, is this another one of those things that seems like a good idea uh, under a, a kind of a feminist modality that is actually harmful to women? Um, you know, th- there's a really good argument to be made based on the data that um, a, a, the availability of abortion, um, which there is an attendant rise or, or decline, I guess I should say, in men taking responsibility uh, for fatherhood, and you know, you, you can you can look at some at some you know charts here and see uh, as abortion became legal and, and more available that there became a lot more single parent households, um, uh, which is kind of counterintuitive. You would think that would not be the case, but what happens is is that the women who do choose to have a child. Uh, under this, um, you know, system, um, you know, more men are just kind of bowing out um, because it's like, well, that's their choice. You know, this is feminism. You know, they have this right. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I know while I'm saying this, this is a controversial viewpoint. And so I get it. Um, I, you know, I'm probably going to have some people hating on me, but um, I, I, I'm not I'm not espousing it. it. I'm just I'm saying that the data is there that that uh, there's a lot of things that seem like a great idea for women um but when the rubber actually hits the road it it has somewhat of a harmful effect yeah uh just a quick word on on controversy you know when i started this podcast i tried to avoid it like the plague i I didn't want to talk (laughs) politics or religion at all and uh and that's fine i was happy i'm happy with those first uh set of episodes and everything but um you know, like we're not talking a bunch about Zen today, but uh, but you know, it would be it wouldn't be very Zen of me if I excluded or ignored the existence of these controversial ideas because Zen is about being in the world, and this is a part of the world. So I, I did make a decision, uh, you know, 10 15 episodes back that I'm not going while I don't seek out controversy, I certainly don't, I'm uh, I'm not going to preclude or ignore you know something that might you know and i've now said things on this program that will piss off both sides because i'm i know i've said some lefty stuff that uh rob our old uh right-winging friends from uh birmingham alabama are gonna like oh that that reed he is he's a liberal hippie now and then today i'm taking stances that are you know i guess on the more traditionalist conservative side of the aisle so now my progressive friends are like, well, we got to cancel this dude. He's canceled mm-hmm. now. So, you know, oh, I, I get that a lot. I get uh, there's always this line you have to to walk. And um, that's why I enjoy talking with you guys, because it's um, 
free thinking. You get to use your own brain and make your own decisions. That's um, that, that's what I'm all about. That's you know I want to, and that's that's why I'm not going to shy away from these topics because I want to promote independent thought and not be scared of mm -hmm. the political left or right. Fine, cancel my ass. I've got the political independent middle. There's enough of us now <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that will listen to the show. And, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking it takes me a second for my brain to warm up. But we were talking about um, why you're having a hard time with women wanting to talk about these things. Uh, it's the same reason why you have mom groups and women's groups on Facebook and social media. And each one, there's so many dichotomies between women. Women are inherently more emotional, more... And, not saying we can't be rational. I'm just saying we do tend to speak from the heart. But like, uh, say you go to a, a mom group, if you're a mom, you might not be a mom, but you'll have um, some people, they don't care. You do you, it's your life. You're the mom, you're the parent. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You don't tell me what to do, etc. Then you have other clutching the pearl type people that really love to get in people's business and really like turn down their nose. Very like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would do that. I can't believe you would drop an F-bomb in front of a six-year-old. Fuck yeah, I would sometimes when I'm mad. Um, and I think that's the, that's the thing. And I think that's when it comes down to um, the difference in feminism these days getting back on topic that's the point you have a lot of women that consider themselves feminist right they just want to be treated like a human being and listen to not talk down to like their child which everybody wants right we all want that that's a normal need and then you have other people that have um that are very, I can wear whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. It's my body if you don't like it. And I get it, but you're not going to ever get people to agree on things. I mean, do men agree on everything all the time? Yes. Just, <laughs> I'd say a big fat no on that one, but you know. <laughs> uh, well, you, uh, some of what you said though, did I went back in my notes. I'd skipped over this because we moved past it, but uh, I want to go back and read one of the denials, uh, one of the three, uh, lefties that i was asking to be on the show to support feminism and this was her uh I, i'm I, i'm not going to out her i'm not going to name her name because she actually is a prominent uh influencer on twitter um and if you don't use twitter by the way and i didn't until i started this podcast it is a more powerful platform than i anticipated um but she um uh, she's got a large following and they hang on her words she met, sent me a message that read uh, and by the way, she's not shy. She was willing to come on to talk about race and policing. So that, that shows you, by the way, she was willing to talk about extremely controversial topics, but turned down the topic of feminism. Uh, so she wrote, I'm probably not the best person for this panel. I am a strong, independent woman, but I'm also mostly friends with guys and can be incredibly non-PC. That is, feminist Twitter blew up at me because I pointed out Lauren Boebert's tramp stamp. Now, uh, Lauren Boebert, for those not familiar, is an incredibly conservative, vocal, and controversial uh, congresswoman from Colorado. Uh, is cancel culture endangering the very movements from which it sprung forth? 
Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually putting it perfectly. I think so many women are scared of getting, look at JK Rowling. I think a lot of people in our country are scared to jet. We're all stuck in the middle. You have super extremes on either side and the people in the middle are so scared to talk to each other because I'm liberal as you can. Well, I thought I was, and now I'm thinking I'm some conservative person and I'm You're like, You're independent, no. Kara, then well, that's yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I Rob, uh, is it your turn to say something that's going to get you canceled? <laughs> uh, you know, so be it. Um, I, I, I really believe, um, you know, to get at the truth of something, uh, you have to be willing to risk being offended. Um, and that's sort of uh, where we have gone astray um, over the last, you know, 15, 20 years is we're un, uh, collectively we're unwilling to be offended. I think if, if, if you're unwilling to, to risk being offended, then you will never grow. You will never. It's, it's ironic that it's the progressive uh, movement uh, that seems to be so unwilling to face uh, offense, um, that, you know, uh, they're, they're labeled progressives, but they're never going to progress anywhere if they're unwilling to hear anything that is, that is not offensive. Yeah, that actually that's playing itself out on Twitter these days. I, uh, you know, um, again, I, I I was anti-Twitter for years and I wouldn't have done it except that I sort of need it to as one avenue of marketing for this podcast. And so I've built up 4,000 followers now, which is nothing, by the way. I mean, there are people, there are regular folks with like 100,000 followers. But um, but uh, it's playing itself out. I see it every day when I go on to maybe do a little uh, interaction or post or something like that. You know, I see progressives fighting with each other, um, tearing each other apart. And um, I don't know, it's interesting. We're, uh, we're, we're running down on time. I want to get to one last uh question so i'm gonna turn it and before we do a little five minutes in but i uh um but one question i did want to sneak in here now kareth earlier you said uh women are more emotional i'm glad you said that and rob and i didn't say that out loud but you said it you're allowed to uh do women <laughs> do women uh make better world leaders or uh or are you worried about their emotions uh, as a world leader. Would you vote for a woman for president? I, I presume we all would, but uh, do they make better world leaders or am I just gender stereotyping too much? Um, I think that there needs to be more. I think you need a good balance of rationale or rationality and practicality mixed with emotions. Yeah, um, I, I, think I, you, I think you need to. I think I, you need to have emotions. Yeah, I think the argue the you know the conservative the ultra conservative argument is going to be I don't want a woman uh, that's emotional with her finger on the button on the red button. And oh my god, the first an idiotic. Time. That's a dumb uh, argument. I'll, I'll be so yeah. bold to say um, because I mean they're characterizing women as like uncontrollably emotional, which yeah. is not is not accurate. I mean I've met a few mm -hmm. in my time, but I would I wouldn't vote for them for president. I think we need to see more women. And uh, from all sides. Yeah. I, um, and Rob, I'm going to get to you. I'm going to go to you in a second. But during the COVID epidemic, because uh, you're all about stats, Rob. And 
the uh um in almost every case uh a female-led country handled covid better than everywhere else and i don't just mean better than america everywhere else jacinda adern in new zealand angela merkel in germany the danish finnish and icelandic pms uh the taiwanese and hong kong uh leaders um all handled that they have all been internationally recognized for their effectiveness of their response to the pandemic Robert. i think that's absolutely expected um if, if if you look at and uh you know we haven't even talked about this but uh, i'll just I'll, I'll pop it in here. Um, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers on the gender pay gap, um, you know, they get blown up when it comes to healthcare um, because women are actually overrepresented in healthcare, um, both doctors and nurses, uh, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, getting back to statistics here. Um, so I, I would absolutely expect that. Uh, you know, I, I think probably, you know, women would be expected to, to uh, be more in tune with uh, a health crisis um, and, you know, for that to be something that, that they are uh, more adept uh, probably just from the get-go uh, at, at handling. Um, but I, I disagree with the premise of the, the question being that, you know, when you, when you talk about women as a, as a gender, um, you know, then that implies that what you're doing is you're talking about them and they're, they're, their predominant traits. Um, whereas mm -hmm. when we select a, a leader of a country, we're doing it based on that individual. And um, so I, I think if, if the question is, are, you know, do women make better leaders? I would almost say no, if we're talking about women in general, because women tend to be way higher uh, in agreeableness um, as opposed mm -hmm. to men. And that's probably one of the big contributors to there being a pay gap, by the way, um, is that, you know, women are just willing to tolerate a lot more um, and not necessarily assert themselves. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think that's a good trait for a world leader. Um, now, with that said, there are plenty of women who are not agreeable at all. I was going to say, um, man, in, in the individual, uh, my husband would totally Hillary, disagree with uh, you. you know, Kamala, well, now, and I'm not, I'm not advocating any of those three I just mentioned, uh, one conservative, two liberals that I just mentioned, but all three of those women, I don't think they would back down, or Angela Merkel, you know, I don't think they would back down from, I don't think they'd be agreeable at all. I think most oh, yes. women, yeah. World I also That's think women, women have to learn to agree and we have to, we've been taught to agree. And that's a huge thing because if you don't agree and you keep arguing, you get called a bitch or you get called a ball buster. And uh, I've been called every name in the book because <laughs> I'm good company here <laughs> to, to Rob's point. I, uh, I, I also vote for an individual. I wouldn't I would never vote for a woman just because she's a woman. I want her to be. Oh, God, no. I want her oh, to be God. confident, right? Because there's plenty. There's on the right and left I, that women that I would not vote for. Uh, the the congresswoman from Colorado I mentioned before, and uh, or on the the left, uh, I can't remember the the psychic's name that ran for presidential, Miriam Williamson or something like that. I, you know, I'm not going to vote for her. I want a competent person, man or woman. But to me, it is kind of a bonus on the resume. Uh, I I would love to see it. I would certainly vote for. A female president, if she were competent, 
And uh, mm-hmm. and regardless of and, political party, if she were, you know, smart and um, and rational and yeah. all that. And I think women tend to tear other women down a lot, too. I actually hear more um, hate about other women or women um, running for things from other women than I do for men. We'll go to the last segment here, five minutes Zen. Uh, again, this wasn't the most Zen, directly Zen topic, but, uh, you know, it's, Zen is about being alive in the world, and this is part of the world, so here we are. Um, how do, here's my question for both of you. Um, how do, uh, how do we be who we are? Because we talked about, you know, this sort of identity crisis for both men and women that's related to feminism, you know, everything you just talked about, Kareth, about women sort of attacking each other for taking certain stances. And, and then uh, uh, me, what I read earlier about, you know, men uh, feeling that they, um, they don't know what role they're supposed to play anymore. So my question, let's get right to that. How do we be who we are beyond feminism? Uh, what are your thoughts on how not to be overwhelmed by what other people tell you to be um, and to be who you are. I think it comes down to not being scared. I mean, you just have to have, well, I have no confidence most of the time, but you know, you just be a decent person, be a nice person, treat people and think about people the way you would want yourself or your family to be treated. And um, I mean, that's how I know who I am. And I hope that other people do that, you know, where it's, if I look at somebody there, there's a, just be empathetic, you know, and you, and, you just express some lack of confidence, but you, you don't seem to be shy on Facebook. <laughs> You're not an because introvert. Well, I'm an, I'm an outgoing introvert. I am, a, I, I'm really good in writing. I, when I have time with my thoughts, and I'm not under a gun and have time to express myself adequately, I'm much better. Uh, you're Hand pretty el- gestures. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're eloquent on podcasts as well. Rob, uh, what are your tips for being who we are despite social movements? You know, I got to say, uh, I think one of the, the, the things that has helped me uh in my later years just be a lot more comfortable with who i am is realizing that there's not this universal single solitary one you that there can be you during a season of you know hardship or you know, there can be you during a season of, you know, where you're starting a business and there's a lot of competition and, you know, you know, maybe that season you just need to be an asshole, um, you know, and, and, you know, there can be a season where, you know, you, you've got kids and, you know, you're kind of settling in and not being as social. And, um, you know, I think just sort of embracing uh, the nuance of, of life and, you know, culture and everything, and just not trying to be this one thing all the time. I think people get hung up with being, uh, you know, the quote unquote, true to yourself. Um, yourself changes and, you know, you Absolutely. can change, Amen. you can change who you are. The, 
depending on the room that you're in in your house for crying out loud. You know, it doesn't even have to be something that's that's year to year or season to season. It can be minute to minute. And in fact, so in I, think, fact I would. Yeah, I, I would say that is actually the truer self of who you are is the flexible, uh, the malleable you. Um, because if you get, you know, pigeonholed or labeled into, oh, I am X, Y, Z, I am a, uh, a white male Christian conservative X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm a, you know, a black female liberal, blah, blah, blah. Then that's all you you know, that's not very Zen, but what you just described, Rob, actually is pretty Zen. It's pretty Taoist too, like uh, to be the uncarved block, to, you know, be, to be full of potential and not to be carved out in one specific thing. So both good answers. So something to think about. Zen Sandwich has a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Zen Sandwich. If you like the show and would like to help it continue and grow to spread some kindness and calm in the world, uh, you can for as little as three bucks. If not, no worries. I'm glad you're listening. Uh, you can still help out the show by telling somebody else about the show. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please subscribe. Um, I don't have I don't actually have an agenda to monetize through YouTube. I'm light years away from that. <laughs> um, you know, you got to have like a thousand subscribers. I, I don't need that. Or I mean, I'd be great, but that's not what I'm gunning for here. Uh, right now, I'm gunning for 100 subscribers because at 100, I can uh, customize the URL. So it can be like youtube.com slash Zen Sandwich. Right now, it's just a series of letters and numbers. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to make a buck off of you by hitting subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening, you're on YouTube, do me a favor, hit subscribe, please. Hit like and comment if you if you got a little extra time. Rob, Kareth, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Enjoyed it, as always. <laughs>